0: On this month's Unleashcast Talent Focus, Ali and I look at the fintech services that are coming to people's rescue, we look at some counterintuitive decisions from the House of Fraser Group, and we look at why Peloton is changing its retention strategy. For all things talent and recruitment here at Unleash, just keep listening. Here we are for Talent and Recruitment Focus number six. Uh, You need no introduction, Ali, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, thanks, John. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm uh, basking in the positively freezing 25 degrees. Um, you know, there's, there's been a heat wave as we well know, but um feeling good. Looking forward to talking about some of the great stuff we've been publishing recently.
1: Ooh. Yeah, it's so much better, isn't it? I actually can't believe that I managed to just turn my fan off for the first time in a while. So that's been nice after the 40 degrees on Tuesday.
0: Yeah, crazy. And you're in the uh, the big smoke, the capital as well, where I think it was even hotter than in, on the outskirts as well.
1: Yeah, at least, uh, at least I wasn't on, in Heathrow. That seemed to be where the 40 degree thing hit first or highest or whatever. Something, something happened at Heathrow.
0: <laughs> Unbearable. My, my wife took our daughter's uh, swimming and she had to sit in kind of a humid swimming pool on the bleachers as they say and i'm sure that wasn't great fun but anyway we digress we're here to talk about the stories the the biggest talent recruitment stories we've been publishing recently we're going to go from negative to positive or well they're all important but we're going to start with uh, a recent story about fraser's group in their infinite wisdom have decided to rescind um the ability to work from home on fridays for me it seems a little retrograde in its thinking ali what do you think
1: yeah, I think so. It just seems, um, obviously we didn't, they, I, you know, I asked them to explain why they did it and they, they didn't respond, but it seems very kind of, um, not really based on anything. They claim that people are being unproductive, but they haven't really shared how they're measuring that productivity. It seems like people are posting on social media. Like that's a thing you're not allowed to do in the middle of the day at work. I mean, I don't see how that's an issue. If people are on their lunch break, going for a walk, I, I, I just don't, I don't really understand. I don't really understand the rationale. I think that's what I'm confused about with it. As if it's about productivity, they haven't really shared some of that stuff. So it does seem a little bit strange to revoke it based on limited kind of reasoning, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, you you know, you're on the walk. you see a nice tree, you want to put it on Instagram. There you go. Um, no, <laughs> it, it plays to a bigger thing as well, I think, which is the key to it all is about trust, isn't it? And yeah. uh, we, we've gone through employee monitoring software, uh, our previous editor, Jesse, covered it quite well uh, for Unleashed before, but employee monitoring software is a big industry, but it obviously the reaction against that is that it obviously, saying obviously too much, it kind of destroys trust quite a lot with your employees and your workforce at any level, really, which I think is infinitely more important than the ability to track to the minute what your employees are doing. And if they're saying that they found evidence on social media of this happening but aren't prepared to go into the details to me that seems like a bit of an issue
1: yeah it just suggests that that's not really the reason there's another reason and they're kind of using that to be like we actually don't really want you to work from home anymore because it doesn't suit us for x y and z or um i think what's kind of interesting about it as well is what a lot of the people we spoke to kind of said was what, what you know? I ask them what should you do instead if you if they are work, assuming they are worried about productivity and that is the reason. What should they have done instead of just revoking it? And it seems like we'll find out why they're struggling. Like there might be a particular reason why people you know are not working from home, productively on Friday. Maybe they haven't got the right setup still. Especially if that's the only day they're working from home, they probably haven't. Like in COVID, they might have, but they might have turned their office back into what it used to be before COVID. You know, maybe it was. Or maybe, you know, their partners are working enough. There's all sorts of reasons why people are struggling to work from home. I think Fridays are particularly hard. That is often the least productive day. You know, there's a reason why in the before times we used to go to the pub at 3pm on a Friday, because it's just, you know, loads of people don't work on Fridays. It's often a short day. Not a lot's happening. Often you're kind of clearing up before the weekend. You're not kind of starting new stuff. But also, I think at the end of the day, like if it's all about output, people are getting their work done. Why does it matter if on Friday they're not being like mega, mega, mega productive? Because actually, if they've done everything they were supposed to do in the week, it doesn't really matter if Friday is a little bit of a like, oh, I'll just do some emails or I'll you know, go on a nice lunch break, which they should be doing anyway, but just kind of have a bit of a slower day. I don't see why we're not working at 100% productivity all day, every day. It's kind of false to believe that anyone's doing that. That's not how human beings work. (laughs) No, not
0: at all. No, not at all. Uh, You know, ebbs and flows. I I know uh, I work better at certain times of day and on certain days of the week i work more productively uh, and you can do different types of work be it creative versus administrative whatever um at different times of day so exactly you know friday's done friday doesn't have to be kind of a panic like tuesday might be or thursday <laughs> might be um yeah it is interesting i um i just uh, i saw a friend of mine post on his instagram stories yesterday that he just quit his job and i was like oh, oh wow. wow okay um not the first or the last, but uh I messaged him. I was like, hope you hope you're all right, got something to go to whatever and he said, "Yeah,'m moving on to this new company. it's hybrid i didn't I really didn't get on with remote, which I thought was interesting. he said the the job he'd left was remote first, and he was like, it reminded me of the bad pandemic days, and I found that quite interesting for a number of reasons, obviously, not least that uh it isn't for everybody, uh, right. but also uh that that hybrid does seem to be for a lot of people like the way forward, but there we go.
1: Yeah, it's, that's a really interesting one. I'm not particularly surprised by that um, just because I have a lot of friends that hated working from home in COVID because it isn't for everyone and they have very much had issues applying for jobs that have been fully remote and things like that or you know, not having a lot of people in the office, which is obviously what we have because we are remote first. Um, I quite like working from home though. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it is interesting that what the flexibility you provide is important and it's important that you ask people what flexibility they want. I think that's what's interesting about this. Like, are they did they actually ask employees if they wanted to keep this working from home Friday? Did they do any of that? It just seems like a really bad move in the Great Resignation, I have to be honest. This is my main problem with this story. It just seems like a really strange thing to have done right now when you know, people are still, I think the last figures from the BLS in the US was like four point five, four point three million resignations in whatever month it must be in May. You know, that's another almost record breaking month. So it's clearly not slowing down. Why would you why would you rock the boat at the end of the day? Just seems like a strange mood. But you know. <laughs> why,
0: why would you? Why why would you indeed? Um, I mean, we'll come onto this a bit in a bit more detail on our final story. I can't believe that, uh, with a possible recession in the offing, that quit levels are going to stay the same. But but anyway, we'll come. Well, before we get to that, we'll talk about Peloton, another company that thrived during the uh, pandemic for obvious reasons. People wanted to stay fit, but weren't allowed outside. Um, their stock boomed and then subsequently crashed. Um, now they're switching up their retention strategies. Uh, Ali, tell us a bit about this story.
1: Yeah. So I think it was back in February they laid off uh i think it's 20 2800 workers because of the this kind of not bust but kind of drop in demand um and they also implemented a new ceo um to kind of start change the business model i think is what they said and now obviously that's rocked the boat a little bit and caused some issues and now they're refocusing on retention which is really really good to see again great resignation it's not just about hiring people who have quit hiring people to replace those that have quit. is also making sure you're not losing people and you're actually doing things to make sure that they're happy and productive while working for you. You don't want to lose all that talent that you've invested all that money in, right? Um, So yeah, so basically they're doing this kind of retention. I think they're going to, they're kind of changing their stock compensation plans and they're just generally thinking a little bit more broadly about it. What I thought was also interesting um, which is partly why I chose to talk about this story is because they also looked at their pay parity and their pay equity and their pay gap, which is something that we've reported on a lot. If you remember, John, on um, International Women's Day, we looked at that little bot on Twitter that had all the companies being like, "We, you know, we we're really inclusive, we're really gender inclusive," and then it turned out they had like a forty percent pay gap or whatever. So I think it's really interesting they're looking at it and they're doing it with a company called Aon, and we're actually going to be talking talking to Aon and Peloton about, you know, this pay gap decision. Why was this something they prioritized as part of their attention strategy? And it's so important because inclusion values purpose is really one of the driving forces of the great resignation. People want to work for companies that share their values and share what's important to them. And for a lot of people, that is diversity and inclusion. You know, you want to work at a company that is reflective of society and has diversity of thought and kind of, is just a nice place to work where everyone can be their true selves and everyone's just you know, doing the best that they can, but not trying to pretend to be something that they're not. So I think it's really interesting. So I'm really looking forward to learning a bit more about that from Peloton. And it's good to see a company that's obviously had a bit of a rocky start to 2022 and a lot of other companies are now having to do layoffs. I think it's really interesting that they're kind of ahead of the game. And I think there's a lot that other companies can learn about the need for the retention despite some challenging times you still need to focus on retention you still need to invest money in it
0: yeah fair, fair play to peloton i i picked up on um well not least that their new ceo is uh the old chief financial officer from spotify but um he was very much like we're not a family uh mm. we're a team you know that struck me as an interesting you know, again, kind of against the grain of the way that CEOs often talk about their workforce and, and their company to to make it sound very collegiate, not that teams can't be collegiate, but I think he's very keen on being competitive as yeah. a team and trying to win the Super Bowl or however he decided to put it. But the, the way that they're going about it seems really positive. And like you said, they're kind of ahead of the curve of what might come, which is good.
1: Yeah, I think it's always interesting when you have a CFO become a CEO because their attitude towards it is quite different. And sometimes it's not a good thing because they can be too money driven. But I think in this, in this environment, that's probably a good thing. And that probably is why they're focused on retention is because retention is a money saver at the end of the day. You don't want people to quit. You spent all that money hiring them, onboarding them, training them, all of that stuff in a very kind of crude financial circumstance. You don't want to lose that. You don't want someone else to gain from all that investment. Um, so I think it's, it is really interesting. I think Barry's gonna, Barry McCarthy is going to be an interesting CEO for Peloton because I think the former one was the founder. It's always an interesting move when you move from an outsider to kind of who can kind of look at it with fresh eyes. Fascinating. I'm really, really intrigued to see what they're going to do. It's going to be a, an interesting ride, I think. Ironically, <laughs> pun unintended. Love it.
0: <laughs> Love it. Love the pun. Staying on the financial tip channel. <laughs> I don't know. That didn't go too well, but the last story we're going to uh, talk about three financial institutions awarding cost of living bonuses. So the cost of living is something which is really starting to bite. Unfortunately, um inflation is carrying on. Uh companies want to do something about this. They want to it's great to see companies and particularly in financial services as well, yeah. uh stand by their workers and uh, give them a bonus and try and help them through it because the easy option would be obviously to do you know, to to downsize your workforce and all that kind of thing. So um, yeah, Virgin money are leading the way here, Ali.
1: Yeah. So um, we've been writing a lot about the cost of living crisis. It's a very depressing topic really. So I wanted to do a bit of a a positive spin on it and how employees, sorry, how employers are actually trying to do something because at the end of the day, if your workers are sat at work, worried about paying their bills or worried about, affording their food shop <laughs> that's not a good thing but for you as an employer on a very kind of crude like they're not going to be productive if they haven't eaten properly that day because they couldn't actually afford to buy all the food they needed to buy um uh, so, i mean hopefully we're not getting quite to that situation but i think we're on our way i mean i think the bank of england is predicting that the inflation is going to hit 11 percent, and we were already on a 40-year high at 9.4 so that's really going to be pretty horrible for everybody so yeah so these three banks so virgin so this kind of came on the back of a piece i did a while back um end of june yeah pretty much exactly a month ago feels like a lot longer than that um with rolls royce about what they were doing with this but virgin money is now doing something so is lloyd's and so is this company called beasley which is kind of an insurer um, which is also interesting. I thought Beasley were particularly interesting. I I don't, I've never really heard of them. So I did a bit of digging into their other benefits and they have, they're, given how much financial institutions been quite anti-remote working, we've covered a lot of this Goldman and Morgan Stanley being very like, everyone has to be back in the office. Um, at Beasley, they've got flexible working hours as well as flexible location, which is very interesting. And they have sabbatical leave, fascinating. Anyway, yeah, so it's just kind of, you know, yes, you could give people a pay rise, but the problem is that that pay rise isn't keeping up with inflation. It's not really doing much. Maybe a one-off bonus is another is an alternative solution that people could consider. That was the point of the story, really.
0: Yeah, fair play, Um and uh, a really nice way to end the uh, focus chat. But like you say, it's it's good to see them doing something in this instance. It isn't maybe a pay rise isn't the answer, but also I was to come back to what we were talking about about people leaving the other the cost of 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 rehiring someone does that you know retention saves money and all that another thing that you're losing is time you put into developing a culture fit a person that's yeah. right for for the business and doing things like this rewarding bo- uh, one off payments and bonuses improves it does improve your culture yeah you know it really yeah. does make a difference it will make a complete difference to the to the well-being of your staff not just the financial well-being but just the, the morale, the demeanor, everything. Uh, so really good to see.
1: Yeah, particularly because I think a lot of them are really focusing it on their lower paid employees. They're very much of the view that like, you know, the people that are earning over 100K or whatever really aren't struggling in the same sense. So I think it's good that they're showing like we care about you know, those on the slightly lower salaries, they actually, and they do, as you said, it shows they care at the end of the day, and it shows that they want to help. And I think what it does is it maybe opens up a dialogue as well for employees to be like, I'm struggling, I need more support, because they know that the company already is interested in helping them. They're not kind of feel like they're gonna have to battle with their manager or with HR when the company's already made this kind of very public statement that they care.
0: Good stuff. Um, Ali, thanks for the short roundup. Uh, Just to say that uh, a quick little plug at the end of this podcast that um, you will see kind of a bit of a pivot in our news uh, focus as we approach Unleash World, which is our event happening in October in Paris. So we're going to be publishing a lot more news around the UK again, also in France, on the continent, Germany, uh, Switzerland, Benelux, etc. So do look out for more news stories there. And obviously this is leading up to the event, which is happening 12th and 13th at the Paris Convention Centre. Very exciting.
1: Super exciting.
0: OK, Ali, thanks a lot and we'll speak to you soon.
1: Thanks, John. See you later.